Coming up next on the Jeff Curley Show, you're going to meet one of my favorite speakers of all time. As soon as he finishes his Rubik's Cube, <laughs> the great Joel Zeff is in studio. His journey just ahead. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Crowley, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. Okay, when I was first learning to speak some 20 years ago, the great Betty Garrett, uh, she's got a fabulous reputation in the speaking world. She says, I've got somebody I want you to meet. So I went to this networking event and I met Joel Zeff, my next uh, guest. And I just became obsessed with him because I went to YouTube and I started looking at all his videos. And he is one of the most entertaining speakers I have ever met. Joel, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you. That's a lot of embellishment. I, I wish I could say I remember that moment when we met, but you're, you're it was supposed, awesome. You're supposed to say that made a Oh, song. yes, yeah, that, that was a huge moment in my speaking career when I met Jeff Crilly. No, I mean, you're a legend in this market, but I, I guess we talked about speaking. So, so I want you to tell a little bit of your journey. And I just discovered, like during the show open, you were a, a newspaper reporter. That's right. That's how I came to Dallas, uh, the Dallas Times-Herald hired me as a newspaper reporter and uh, six months after I joined the paper it closed wow. it's not my fault a lot of people <laughs> will blame me but it's totally not my fault it's just by coincidence that it was six months after I joined so you're saying that this show could get canceled or my yeah well yeah be careful is all I got to say <laughs> so uh, tell us about how you uh, drifted into the world of speaking so when the Herald closed and that was a great day if you want to talk about that day uh, I had a lot of free time and a severance check. Nice. So that was a, and I was, you know, I didn't, I was single mm -hmm. and I was in a one bedroom apartment. Um, so I didn't have a lot of debt, you know, and a, a severance check and free time. And that to me said, I should start doing stand up comedy. And so I started doing stand up and uh, I'd also taken uh, some workshops at a local improvisational uh, club, a group. Mm -hmm. And that was the first weekend I came to Dallas. Someone took me to this show. Wow. And it was like a moment, it was, oh, you know, you have those moments in right, your life right. where it's just like the movie, like there's a spotlight and then there's, oh, and that was the moment for me when I saw this improv show and see everybody having fun. I was an audience volunteer that day and I started taking some workshops. I, I auditioned, got into the troupe. The troupe was called Ad Libs and uh, worked for years, just made lifelong friends, amazing talent there. And one of my clients, at the time, then I, I got a job. I actually had to have a, get a sure. job, Jeff. Uh, I, I got a PR job. Sure. And one of my PR clients was Texas Instruments. And they were having a retreat. And they said, hey, I know you do improv on the weekend. Can you come up, play some improv games with us? And that'd be awesome. And I went, okay, that sounds great. And I took another performer with me. And I didn't expect anything. I didn't have any expectations. But the, they had fun. I had fun. The little light bulb started flickering at that moment. 
and basically bringing improv to public speaking for the first time. I don't, I don't know that there was anybody doing it before you were. Not that I'm aware of. There yeah. might have been. And I'm sure some of the large improv groups did some corporate training, uh, but not as a solo speaker like I was doing and asking audience volunteers to come on stage, join me, do an improv game, sure. and then talk about the choices that improv uh, teaches and and kind of wow. go from that platform and have a lot of fun and create a lot of energy and and literally when I started I, I had no expectations I thought it was going to be uh, you know 15 20 people we we're going to talk about creativity right and then someone would call and they say well we got 200 people can you talk about teamwork and the answer is always yes yes and improv <laughs> the answer is always yes I know all about that <laughs> yeah yes and I would just yes to everything and then figure it out once I got there wow. and I remember calling other improv performers my friends I go well, what if I did this game or hey, do you know about this game and and I would just it would evolve it was just kind wow. of a trial and error wow okay I want to uh, show a little bit of his sizzle reel one, two, three, ta-da, 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 that was awesome, give yourself a big hand, Rafael, Rafael, yes, yes, <laughs> now I can't stop, he loves his dog, I know I hit him on the way here, oh you did, oh my god, <laughs> you're my two favorite people here, don't tell the rest of them. people have seen a three or four year old sometime in their life over there yes sir boy or girl you have to think about it usually that's a really quick answer a girl all right i got another tough one what's her name every time she does something she's real proud of big ta-da when's the last time we went to the bathroom by ourselves walked out and went ta-da yes all by myself no help as we get older where's that celebration we don't get those moments right we're not celebrating you do incredible things every day where's our ta-da moment we have to celebrate and that's what that ta-da is all about we need to have those ta-da celebration moments every day that passion that energy is so important that positive support because what happens it keeps our passion up and our stress down Thanks for picking me up. It took you like half an hour. I'm so sorry. I'm pretty sure you're supposed to be angry. Oh God, I'm sorry. <laughs> you guys ready to go or what? Yeah. Okay. Where are we going? We're going We're to going New Orleans. To I don't want to go there. I don't either. It smells like urine. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm so scared. Grab the wheel. Sorry. Where are we going? Uh, Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. No! Oh my God, there's another hitchhiker. That one came out of nowhere like a little spider monkey. You're going to Vegas, man. No, what's wrong? My wife left me in Vegas. We're going to Vegas. You're supposed to be sad. No, we're all supposed to be angry. Oh, we're angry. Dang it. I'm mad. Fine. Whatever. I, I miss her. I miss her. <laughs> That's a hard game. You got to come in and out of the scene. You got to change your emotion. Think about what they did. They worked together as a team. They were creative. They solved problems. I didn't tell them how to play the game. They did everything else on their own. It was just as much their game as it was my game. Every person on your team wants opportunity and positive support. Why not give that opportunity and positive support? That's what we all want. Everyone on your team wants something different. As a leader, you're going to be surprised how easy it is to give them that opportunity. And what do you get back in return? a passionate, energized team member that's gonna help you reach your goals. So what I love about that is, I know the speaking world has gotten 
strange in a way where sometimes the meeting planner is booking this uh, celebrity football player, but they, the football player really can't speak, right? They're, they're, they're charging an outrageous amount and the celebrity is a dud. You're creating a, a whole experience, aren't you? Well, it's about engaging, entertaining, energizing. And that's what audiences today want, Yeah. right? Especially coming out of the pandemic. It, it's not going to be a, the same type of conference. People want you know they want it fast mm -hmm. they don't want to sit there all day they want to be entertained they want a message and that's why i was successful so early there, there are a lot of great speakers with incredible messages sure and they say well i want a message but i want someone funny and there's a lot of funny speakers right but we say message and funny now we got a lot fewer and then we say funny a message but i also want it interactive i want the people in the audience to wow. engage and now we're talking about a very small group of people. Yes. And so that was my niche, right? I'm, I'm, I want to energize. I want to have fun. I want to create laughter. I want people to walk out and go, oh, you know, my, 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 my makeup was running, my belly hurts. You know, that's to me yes. the best compliment ever. And, you know, and then give a powerful message. Improv taught me so much. It's given me so much. And, you know, engage. People want to interact. They want to play. Yes. Everybody wants to play. Even, you know, look, we, we watch the videos. There are a lot of fun groups of people. Yeah. I don't always speak to fun groups of people. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, you know, I mean, I've been with, you know, bankers, accountants, you know, can, IT, you name it. Can you, can you get them to loosen up? Yes. I mean, what about when you're doing that 8 a.m. speech in Vegas and everybody's hungover? Yeah. Oh, I'd rather do 8 a.m. in Vegas than 3 o'clock in Vegas. <laughs> I mean, you could have every celebrity known to man at three o'clock, and in Vegas, people would be like, you know, <laughs> you know sleepy. You right, know, how do you choose who to bring on stage, and is it better to choose the boss? Um, that's a great. I that's a great question. I asked for volunteers, mm -hmm. and you know, when I first started speaking, first of all, a lot of clients didn't even know what improvisation was. Now everybody knows. They they've they've been. Uh, you know, they've seen it uh, yes. live or on television. So first you had to explain improv. Then you had to say, well, I'm going to bring people up on stage. And they said, oh, my people aren't going to do that. And now after 2,500 events, I don't get that question anymore. Yes. Because people want to play. Yes. Bankers want to play, legal, IT, HR, everybody wants to play. Sometimes they just don't have the opportunity. And so I asked volunteers, and let's say I have 500 people in the audience. Yeah. I'm going to use nine to 12 volunteers. Right. So the odds of nine to 12 extroverts are pretty high. And it's actually funnier if they mess up, if they can't do it, right? Yes. Improv is, is absolutely, sometimes it's best when, <laughs> when things go wrong, to be quite honest, right? It, it's about, improv is about that you're going to make mistakes. It's yeah. okay to make mistakes. You want to learn from them. You want to grow. You want to make the best choices. Yeah. But you can't be in fear of making a mistake. You want to be confident. I, you know, I got the thrill of speaking in front of three thousand people, which I know is not much for you. Oh, but I remember. Huge. I remember thinking uh, at the time, man, they're paying me. Like yeah. I should be paying them. Oh. Like uh, applause. I mean, do you sometimes feel like I can't believe I get to do this? Absolutely. And I, I spoke to a group of speakers uh, the other day, and I said, no matter what you're you're getting paid, yeah. we're, we're overpaid, right? Right. Because right. I love what I do. I, it's rewarding. It's fulfilling. I didn't even know this was an industry. And I always say speaking chose me because mm -hmm. I didn't know that there were speakers. I didn't know that that's, that there were huge conferences and, and, and companies did this. I had no idea. And so I, I said, always cho chose me and I am fulfilled every moment, you know, the, the applause, the laughter, 
Uh, I mean, I would when I first started, I would speak for free all the time. If you gave me a Chili's gift card, Jeff, <laughs> I was thrilled. I remember coming home and going, baby, I got a Chili's gift card. You throw in a paperweight or a hoodie? Are you kidding me? Oh, I'm living the dream. And, you know, and I and I still today, I give back. I, I love to do pro bono events. Mm-hmm. Um, That's wonderful. It, you know, I, I have a, a group uh, in a couple of weeks that I've been working with for years and years. It's um. It's a leadership for high school sophomores. Yeah. Uh, sophomores. Uh, do you see how I mispronounced that one? I did. Sophomores. That's improv. <laughs> sophomores. That's a hard word. Sophomores. I'm not a pro like you, Jeff. Always going for the punchline. You're That's a legend. A... I'm just, I'm just a speaker a, guy. I'm what just what loud that. guy with a microphone. That's all I am. And and so uh, it's called Hugh O'Brien uh, Hobie, and they, they bring oh, yeah. high school sophomores in. Yeah. Just absolutely fantastic. It's just energized. It, it inspires when you speak to Groups like that, it yes. inspires you, it energizes you. That's awesome. And you also wrote a book, and I want to put that up on the screen so you can talk about that. Make the right choice. Tell us about the book. It's really just talking about the choices and the messages that mm-hmm. I that I talk about during my keynote. Staying in the game, being present in the moment, creating opportunity and positive support. How we deal with change and disruption, which is such a big topic right now, right? Because right? every company's dealing with change and disruption. It's, it's probably more relevant today than it was when you wrote the book. I mean, especially because of the pandemic, everybody had to change. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, and that's why, you know, you say, well, why did everybody, you know, why was there so much frustration? Why was there so much stress? It was because we didn't change one thing. Yeah. We changed everything. Everything. And change is hard. Well, how about you? I, I have to imagine, you know, you were book solid and then the pandemic, like the whole speaking world shut down. Yeah. yeah. What was yeah. that like? Well, at first I was like, this is great. I don't have to travel <laughs> because I was, you know, I was gone so much sure. and, and uh, my kids were getting older and I was, I was like, I'm running out of time. My, my daughter was, um, you know, a, a junior in high school. And, and so my son was finishing up middle school and, and, you know, at the beginning I was like, oh, this is great. And then it didn't take long for me to go, uh, I need to leave. I need right. to get from an audience. And it, it was about a year and a half between my live, like February 2020 was my last live event, and then everything canceled, and then my next live event was, I think, June of 21. And doing it on Zoom just isn't the same. Yeah, it's, you know, I think virtual is going to find a place. Yeah. Uh, in It's not going to take the place of a live event. Nothing takes a place of coming together, networking, you know, meeting in the hall, talking, <laughs> engaging, laughing together, learning together. Nothing will take the place. There's nothing better. Than a live event but what the virtual event world will do i think eventually will be in addition to it'll be a time sure. for us to come together in addition to that one annual event sure. and we just got to figure out how to utilize that best for each group so as i was preparing for the show i went on joel's uh, facebook and i discovered that he is a rabid sports fan let's go ahead and okay let's start with this picture what are we looking where at? did you find that I, Jeff, I'm telling you, that right? is frank white uh, my, that is Frank, the great Frank White, uh, second baseman for the Kansas City Royals. This, this is probably in the seventh. This, well, I, I, apparently my parents had no idea how to dress. Me. <laughs> it's it, that's uh, my long hair days. Why are we showing these, Jeff? This is, I mean, no, I, that's I, a that's a Chiefs fan. Yeah, I'm a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. Did you know we won the Super Bowl? I've heard a couple things about yeah, that. Yeah, that is uh, going to Minnesota. We lost that game thirty to nothing. Uh, had near, uh, spent all the time to drive up to to watch the Vikings play the Chiefs. Didn't even have one time to cheer. And you were a Chiefs fan before it was cool. Like suddenly the bandwagon got really full. Yeah, that, that's my uh, that's my daughter. I believe that's the, a playoff game. I believe that's the Texans Chiefs Texans game where we're down 
23 nothing. Um, Super Bowl champion. This is my family. Super Bowl champion. These are, <laughs> and I'm a Jayhawk. <laughs> That's in front of uh, Kansas City Barbecue in San Diego, where Top Gun, you know, where they did oh, the, yeah, yeah. the famous scene where yeah. they, yeah. you know. Goodness gracious, great ball that's, fire. No, that's, I, well, I wanted the audience. Wow, to let's know. take some more. Let's show some photos of you, Jeff. With weird hair. No, we're not. Your, we're not how not. your parents used to dress you in 75. Let's see some of those photos. Not fair. Okay, we got about two minutes left. Uh, kind of for the for the audience who's thinking, okay, um, we got to bring Joel in. What What's the process? What, they contact you through the website? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty hard to find me, yeah. joelzeff.com. Uh, there's three Joel Zeffs on Facebook, by okay, the way. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Last time he's, I checked. He's the Don't Kansas confuse fan. me with Brazilian Joel Zeff. <laughs> Look for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, yeah, pictures. Yeah, you'll be I'm, not, I'm not the one in, uh, in Brazil. Um, and so it's just, yeah, reaching out, um, you know, and... And, and then just, you, you get on the phone or on Zoom with the, uh, the meeting planner? Yeah, learning about their group what their objectives are, what they want. Because I do a lot of keynotes, but I also do uh, a lot of MC mm -hmm. work where we bring the, you know, I have a jeweler's client, this, uh, which was two weeks ago. This is my ninth year with them. Wow. So I originally I was a, a breakout speaker and then they brought me in as a keynote and then I MC for the last seven years. That's so they cool. want to kind of use the energy and fun. I'm just a loud guy with a microphone <laughs> and they want to use that throughout the whole conference. And so what I love is that I have these clients where I come and I speak and do a keynote. Well, you're not gonna have the same keynote year after year, but you know, but you can, they bring me back as an MC and we create this relationship right. and it's really rewarding to, to have that, sure. that relationship. Well, congrats on your success. And I, I, I cannot uh, speak more highly of Joel Zeff. And we're going to end with the website, which is joelzeff.com. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. Legend, <laughs> Jeff Crilly. <laughs> That's it for now. We'll see you next time.